0: This episode is airing on Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. Hello everyone, it's Shannon back with your Tuesday morning episode. So we have an author interview and this week's new books. So this week is kind of cool for author interviews because the uh, the interview you're about to hear is done with author Jennifer Probst. And she talks about her novel, The Secret Love Letters of Olivia Moretti, but, kind of bonus, another novel by her is coming out today, and this is Meant to Be, which is the first book in her Twist of Fate series. So you'll hear about Olivia Moretti, but you'll also hear a little bit about her new book. So I hope you enjoy this interview. It was a lot of fun to conduct, and I definitely look forward to checking out Jennifer's backlist, as well as anything that she comes out with in the future. So... Let's get started with, of course, the housekeeping information followed by the interview. And then I'll be back to chat with you about new releases. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am here with author Jennifer Probst, and we are talking about her latest novel, The Secret Love Letters of Olivia Moretti, which is scheduled to release on February 22nd. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Shannon. It's a thrill to be here.
0: Could we start with a brief introduction to Olivia Moretti so that listeners can know what to expect? Sure, um, I'm so excited about the release of
1: this book. It I feel like it just has a bit of everything for my readers. It's about three sisters who lose their mom and go to their, go to the mom's house to pack it up. And in the closet, they find a hidden trunk with a stack of love letters and a deed to a house in Amalfi in Positano, Italy. And they have no idea what this is about. Um, So the sisters have a fragmented relationship and the three of them decide to go short for a short amount of time to Positano to decide what to do with the house and see if they can figure out who the secret lover is from the love letters and really kind of trace the mom's secret past so within it um i love it because besides the relationships between the sisters they're all going through a certain difficult time in life and the trip begins to heal their relationships, um, they make some decisions for their own life, um, one of them falls in love, and meanwhile you have this wonderful adventure trying to track down their mom's past throughout the book so um yeah so I'm i'm just very excited to get into readers hands.
0: This sounds like all of the things that I love best about like women's fiction, like the whole kind of multi-generational story, the fractured relationship of sisters, like the secret past of a family member. I am super, super excited for this one.
1: Thank you. And that's exactly how I felt. It was um you know, I've I've got like fifty books behind me right now and this was Yes, you of- do. <laughs> This was one of those books that I can say that about a decade ago I would not have been able to write, which is very exciting to me because I've I've seen it grow, but to take on such a massive story – um, with so many different points of view. And I've always wanted to write one of those epic women's fictions, you know, books that I used to love to read. And um, it's just very, it's very nice to get to that point where I'm like, I think I can do this now. I think I've leveled up my craft where I'm going to push myself. And um, and I just fell in love with the book as I was writing it.
0: I was looking at your Goodreads um, page so that I could find information um about this book sort of prior to the interview and I just kept like scrolling through and scrolling through I'm like there there are so many books here like wh- where's the new one <laughs> I had been aware of you know like some of the things um that you'd written but not not all of them I don't think I I was aware that there were so many <laughs>
1: It's so funny because, um, you know, I was just talking to my mom this week and she's like, oh, you know, when I can't wait for this one and that." And I said, well, you know, I'm going to send you the one for that's coming out in April. And she's like, I'm so confused. She goes, which one are you writing now? And it's it's so it's. Just It's so nice because, you know, that was my dream since I was young, just to kind of like write books forever and ever. So the idea that now people are actually asking for the releases and there's readers out there that love it, it just never gets yes. old.
0: So you got started
1: kind of as a romance author, is that right? Yes. And I still write romance. Um Good. Hmm. Romance is my backbone um, yes. what 's what's funny about it is that I knew when I was like ten years old that I was going to write romance, and when I started reading them, it was there was never a question in my mind that i wasn 't going to be a romance writer. I just knew. And um I loved everything about the genre. I loved how oh, it made yes. me feel. I loved how, even back then, because I'm older, how they portrayed women, how I felt so empowered after I read romance novels. I felt like I can be anything that I wanted. I felt like I can demand whatever kind of relationship I wanted. And it was just always my hot button when people would say, constantly um but what, are you going to write a real book and oh I would go no I'll write I'm a so book insane. thank you very much <laughs> yes I would just feel like I was jumping out of my skin and I would you know passionately argue even back then and it's sad to me that sometimes even today you know I'll meet somebody with and they'll make a cutting remark and I'll say Shannon I'll say really like really do it like we're in 2022 and I'm still doing this. It's, it's just exhausting sometimes,
0: but I just so love much, like the hate. genre. It's, There's so it's, much hate for romance so and much, I, I don't yeah. understand why.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And it's the most beautiful. And the thing is, is that There's so much that happens within it. There's so many struggles that the characters go through. There's so much possibility and pain. And you see how it's not about that everything is solved, that happy ever after. It's just that they get to a point of, you know, happiness for then, for now. Yes. There's more to come. And um. Yes, I'm sorry. It's just, a, it's a tirade that I can go on. And then you can pick up a Stephen King and think, well, the murderer is not going to be around the corner. But you pick up a romance novel and somebody goes, oh, you have um, unimaginable expectations for men. I'm
0: like, really? Ooh, okay, <laughs> good to know.
1: Yes. So I'm so proud of being a romance author my entire life. And I will always write it. Um, The women's fiction book, And like everything else I write is because I I just adore the written word. I love stretching myself. And I think writing in so many different genres and trying things new is what's important for me to keep building my craft.
0: I was talking with one of my other um, presenters not too long ago. Her name is Stacey. And we were talking about romance and sort of the evolution of romance, which is a thing we talk about kind of often. And we are saying that A lot of the things that were considered like contemporary romance in the times that, you know, when we were growing up are now kind of moving toward that women's fiction side of the romance spectrum where you still have the romantic elements and you still get to see the happily ever after, but a lot of the focus is on the journey of the heroine. So I'm wondering if you've kind of noticed that in your own writing or in things that you read in terms of romance versus women's fiction that is
1: such a great argument because i've discussed women's fiction there's so many opinions on women's fiction um that they they try and whoever they are i'm not really sure who they is society the world's critics publishers i have no idea but it's once again like almost a narrowing down of you need to be this this is what women's fiction is. But like you said, I feel like the lines are definitely blurring. I see, um, I saw like, I'm trying to think of specific examples, but even with the illustrated covers, um, oh, you know, one is that I would say is, is Emily Henry, um, the people you know. Yes. Okay. To me, That is not your standard, like they say it's romance, but to me it's really women's fiction. They go very deep within the heroine, like you said, and there's so much more than just the romantic relationship. So I feel like yes, and um, uh, Taylor Jenkins Reid with her, yes, I mean she she's there's always romance within there, lots of romance, but she seems to blur the lines and maybe. Um, we're finally allowed to not slap a label on things, even though they, they like to distinguish. Well, this is women's fiction and this is romance. And I mean, with the secret love letters of Olivia Moretti, the backbone of the book is the love story with the mom, which you get through love letters when she's 18 and she goes to Positano for the first time and she meets the love of her life and how it changes. Throughout the years, so to me, it's a love story, yet it's the exploration of of women in their journey, which is women 's fiction. So I just love that conversation, Shannon. I think it could go in so many different ways, and it would be nice to to have more of these blurred lines because readers don't know they're like, "Oh, what is this? They just read a story and they go, "I love this, you know." <laughs>
0: Yes, and they they look for things that are like it. Yes. I think we are blurring those lines, you know, way more than we used to. Like, I grew up, you know, in the time of, like, the epic, sweeping historical romance. Um, Joanna Lindsay, Jude Devereaux. And those are kind of the things that I, I grew up on. Now, we see those historicals told differently. We see contemporary romance blurring a little bit with women's fiction. We see erotica playing, you know, a much bigger part kind of in in the mainstream of romance. And so I think we are slowly, but, but steadily kind of blurring those lines in, in some necessary ways.
1: Yeah, that does. That gives me hope. I mean, I love to see like erotic romance almost like an art form now. And so, oh, yes um mainstream and just and just so much more availability out there that has been before it's it's a great time to be a reader and a writer i will say
0: so were there differences for you in writing kind of your your romances versus taking that plunge into something that feels more like women's fiction like was that An easy leap for you, or did you find it more challenging to kind of transition between the two similar but oddly distinct parts of the genre? Yes, I
1: love that question, um, because um, I will say that my contemporary romance um, includes one of my favorite things to write is uh, family drama in a humorous way. I love exploring big families and the yes. joy and chaos that they bring. Um, I love big friendships with like four girls who go went to college together and like run their own business. And then you see each book of the romance develop, but you still go back to that same character and you're, you're still, yes. still growing. I love putting rescue dogs and animals in my book and making them just as big secondary characters as the family. I love all of that. And that I think was a backbone for me to transition easy enough into women's fiction. Um The thing that I found, I think the most challenging was I was able to write different points of view from different characters. And I played with that. Oh,
0: um, Yes. You would I, be able to do yeah. that more.
1: Yeah, with my contemporary romance, I prefer third person POV. That's my sweet spot. And I do the heroine and the hero's perspective. Most of my books are like that. There's a couple of outliers where I've done first person POV and new adult and erotic romance. They're, I'm all over the place because I, I love, I just love exploring. Uh, um, but with women's fiction specifically, um, with the secret love letters, I do first person point of view for the mom because I really needed that very up close um, feeling for the reader that they're like they're they're looking through her eyes directly. And then sisters I do um, in third person because I, I have more of a perspective that I can kind of like zone out. Um, and going so deeply into each of the characters and making sure they have unique voices and quirks where the reader will pick up a chapter and know which sister it is. Um, that's a challenge. Um, but I think again, from writing consistently, All of those books behind me and honing my craft. I'm a big one with craft and writing, 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 because that's how I've always gotten better. That's how I've been able to make different, you know, um, challenges work for me. I was able I was able to do that. And that's, again, why I think 10 years ago when I only had like eight books in my arsenal, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I wasn't ready yet. I needed to to practice my craft consistently
0: do you have a favorite of the books that you've written? I don't often like to ask this because I know that, you know, people (laughs) like like the books that they're writing are very often their favorite, but I feel like for someone who has written just this like vast number of books that kind of boggles my mind to sit here and think about it. Um, I, I do wonder, are there particular books that stand out for you in different ways?
1: Yeah, I do. And I will tell you something funny because this is where, um, I'm definitely not in the consensus, I think, of most writers because I hear that too. Like, oh, the one that I'm writing is my favorite. The one that I'm writing, I usually hate. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I do. And I I say this lovingly, because, you know, I'm in it and stuff like that. But there's usually a pivot point for me. The first draft is very, very hard for me. And usually my favorite is the one that I had written already that looks so beautiful that's coming out in the world already you know it's just it's um it's just pristine you know the one that I finally because the writing journey is so messy that there's so many drafts at least for me you know um that usually the one that is coming out was my favorite and the one that I'm working on is my worst time I hate it (laughs) But for my favorite book, um, I have, I'm going to say, three of them um, over the 50, and one would be The Marriage Bargain, because that's really what started my entire career. Um, I had written so many books before that, and that was my first bigger contemporary romance um, that was rejected pretty much by every agent in New York City and um, publisher in New York City. I have about... 30 rejections everywhere um, and I kept rewriting it and I kept saying um, to myself I don't understand why I'm so stubborn because I've written so many books before that and could move on and I just felt in my gut that this story was very special and that there was a place for it and I didn't want to give up on it um, and I was able there was um, a new digital publisher called Entangled that had come out and they were taking submissions and they loved it and they said that um the marriage bargain was going to come out this is very interesting Shannon it was going to come out february 12th of uh 2012 so that's uh, right i'm sorry february 14th valentine's day of 2000 valentine's day which this month is the 10 year anniversary and um it went when it came out, it was just one of those perfect storms. It just went viral. It was just number one on Barnes and Noble and eventually Amazon. And it was on The New York Times for 26 weeks all summer. Woo! And, you know, it was one of those um Cinderella stories for me Um that I so did work- this, like
0: vindicate you like all these people yeah. who had rejected it. Were you like, yeah. <laughs>
1: I had no agent. I had nobody. And all of a sudden, you know, New York is knocking on my door. Agents are knocking on my door. It's one of those. Yeah, it's those rags to riches. But, um, you know, people didn't realize that there was like literally a dozen books. And I had been writing since 12 years old to publish. So it's a constant, constant thing. Um, So, yes, it was it was a wonderful thing to say, look, I didn't give up. I wrote this poor, I wrote this weekends around my day job, I wrote and wrote and look what finally happened. So of course, that book is, I think, the closest to my heart ever. And um, I'm going to say The Secret Love Letters because it showed me um, levels of myself that I didn't know that I could get to. It's a very emotional book. Um, it was a dream book for me to write. So that in my in my um, mind the most. And the third one is a book called Searching for Beautiful, which was, it's a very emotional story. Um, it triggers, there's uh, abuse in it, um, a lot of different range. And from one of my favorite characters of all time um, that I introduced to readers when he was a teenager and I had him grow up over four books and they were always begging for his story. And that was finally his story. So it was a beautiful thing to see You know, to introduce the 16 year old who was in so much trouble and watch him grow and finally give him his own book. So those are my top three.
0: I love that in a series when you're like watching a certain character and they're always kind of like on the sidelines. You get to see aspects of their lives, but you don't really like know them in the way that you would if they had their own book. And then finally, it's like they're at a place where they're ready for their own story. And it's always so so joyous when that actually is able to happen
1: so satisfying I remember stalking like Nora Roberts series when she would do those three oh, and just Nora be like please Nora write faster write faster you know it's just it's the, the it's such a comforting feeling it's so exciting to finally get that everybody has a favorite character like in a romance series you know that you yes. can't wait to see and um and I think when I write it, I know as a reader, like I, I try to stretch it out to that third book, um, which is right now I'm, I'm actually writing a third of the series. And um, she's my little firecracker. And there's there's so much that's coming. But again, what's in your mind sometimes doesn't translate to the to the page right away. So it's just it's just a little frustrating. I'm like, oh, I've got to do better. <laughs> but I'll get there. I always wrestle it out. <laughs>
0: So this one is coming out in February, but then you said you have one coming out in April as well. Yes, correct. That's um, the beginning of a new
1: series called Twist of Fate. Um, It's called Meant to Be, and it's about um, three women who have been lifelong friends, and they build this female empire called Quench, and it's for self-care. It's a media empire, and it's just... So full of female empowerment, and um I just love when when the women have the money I mean, I know in yes. billionaires. I love a hot billionaire romance; there's nothing like it, but I also love to write when the women are the billionaires. And that is just like not even, you know, they're just they get to pick and choose anything they want. They're on such an equal ground. Um So, yes, there's that's a three book series. The first one comes out in April. I'm actually writing the third one right now. So that's the one.
0: Ah. <laughs> I have kind of a, a hidden gem recommendation for you in terms of female billionaires. And it is the. Blue Water Billionaires series. It's written by four different authors. They each write a book. It's um, Lucy Score, Claire Kingsley, Catherine Nolan, and I think Pippa Grant. Oh, I've heard of all of these authors. Yes. The and my water. team. Yeah. Blue Water Billionaires. Um, My okay. team is like absolutely in love with <gasps> Claire Kingsley. Yeah. And so I hear about her a lot on the podcast. I hear about her in like people was asking, "Oh, you know, can I talk about Claire Kingsley? Can I talk about Claire Kingsley?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> no, you can. Love it. But I um I hear a lot about um this Blue Water Billionaire series and it's a four-book series. Each author writes a character and they are four women billionaires who have kind of this like tight, you know, friendship and they eventually find their own happily ever after you know outside of the like realm of just their their success um I am going to you might enjoy those
1: because that sounds like my sweet spot which I love thank you for the recommendation it's so much fun to find a good new one
0: book recommendations are like the things that I think make me the happiest kind of the things that kind of got me started wanting to have a bookish podcast like connecting people with books that you know hopefully will be will be special to them
1: Yes, there is nothing. I love all of those things. Like when they'll wrap a book and they'll say blind date with a book and they'll put, oh yes, author will get to. I think that's so much fun because readers have so many things that, and I'm sure I'm like you, Shannon, where there's, um, I go through phases, you know, like I'll go through a marriage of convenience phase where there's just, I can't get enough of them. Or then I'll be, you know, I was just talking to a friend and she's like, I cannot get enough hockey books and I'm laughing. And I'm like, I get, like, I get it. Like you go through these binges, just like a Netflix binge. And then maybe you're satisfied for a while until the next one. So it's, it's a lot of fun to match up readers
0: with books. So what are your favorite things to read aside from female billionaires? Like uh, what have you read recently that you think the world should know about?
1: Okay. So I am one of the most, I think, eclectic readers, um, I am voracious in everything. First, I come from a philosophy for when I was young and I was writing that part of my job as a writer is to read everywhere, that if you just read, like romance had always been my favorite, but I even remember my dad saying, um you know, not, not, not to read romance. He was the one who gave me my first romance books. He's like, here, I got these from the library. You know, these, all these. And my mom was like, my mom was like, what are you giving her? And he goes, oh, it's fine. She reads everything. you know. Not even, he didn't even know what he was doing, but he would take me to the library all the time. And he was like, I want you to read Stephen King and Dean Koontz. And I want you to read Tom Clancy. And I want you to read Sidney Sheldon. And I want you to read Jackie Collins. And I want you to read, and he's like, whatever is out there, you know, you should read. And that also started me on, if I'm going to write, you bring in so much different, um, Stuff into your writing, and you can't just narrow it down, so going back to what I read, I just finished a book that um I'm so in love with, I wanted to actually bring it to bed with me. I'm like, I love this book so much. it transcended me it's It's an older book, I think, by two years. It's called Writers and Lovers by Lily King. Have oh, you ever read it? King, I have not read this yet. It's been on my bureau um probably like most readers I have i mean. I have an issue, I need a meeting, there's probably 20 print books on my bureau, I have probably 5,000 on my Kindle, because there's always something that I'm buying, Um, I love all sorts of different formats, Um, and what I will do is, I will usually, um, reading two books at a time, like usually um, a craft book, let's say on writing, or a self-help book, um, Or a memoir, and then I'm either reading a thriller, um, uh, a literary fiction, a romance, a women's fi- whatever. I, I'm always usually reading two at once because one is more of like a few chapters and I've got to process it, if that makes sense, you know, uh-huh. and, and then a fiction book. So Writers and Lovers uh, by Lily King has been on my stand for a while, um, and it was one of the most beautiful books I have read. It, the the language is amazing um the the heroine's growth arc it's it's a simple story she's a writer and she's lost her mom and um she just got out of a very passionate relationship that broke her heart and we just see her it's just like a slice of life going through a really hard time like you know she's she's wrestling with her book and she's wrestling with dating these two new men and she's a waitress at a caterers thing. And you just see this, um, the way it's written, you're just within her and you can just see yourself. We've all been through that, you know, hard times in life or a certain time, sure. like, Um, it's the language is beautiful. I'm just not describing it properly because that happens sometimes. I think the last time when I read Malibu Rising, um, Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins, one of my favorite authors. Oh, I love it. I had to just sit with it for a while in my lap because I didn't want it to go away. I was just like, it was the most magnificent ending of a book, her language about Malibu and the analogy of it burning and cleansing. I just, you know, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to be that.
0: I'm never going to be that. (laughs) I think the only thing better than Malibu rising is her um, seven husbands. Yes. Evelyn Hugo. Yes.
1: I love that. I read that after Malibu rising. Um, oh, after course, okay, I read it before. Yes, yes, I read it after, and I'm I'm actually glad that I read it after because I got I loved kind of like going from one to another, and then of course Daisy Jones in the Six, which is such a different type of book. I Very mean, different. It, it's beyond the the technical skill that she has to make that book work so well. Is just I, I just love it. I love it.
0: There's um, another one um, that's a little bit like Daisy Jones. Um, it's called The Revival of Opal and Nev. And it's told in that similar sort of like a fake history of, of a musical duo. Um, and it's, it's just it's a format that I think would be so hard to actually pin down and write well. But when people do it, it's, it's just so, so well done.
1: Oh so surreal right like it's just yes. that's what I love about um writing chops and um one of my favorite books in the world is the art of racing in the rain by Garth Stein I talk about that book all the time because I'm afraid it, of that book <laughs> um I I understand because I we we were talking about rescue animals and stuff like that yes um, it's so it's so beautifully written that it was one of those books that because sometimes I read something like you said, Shannon, I'm like, I didn't have to do that. Like, I'm too sensitive a person. I probably shouldn't have done that. But that is a book that I would have regret not reading in my life because it's from the dog's perspective. And I've never read a book so immersed in a character that's that's the main character and is the dog and the way you get to see the world through a dog's eyes. Um, it's just beautiful. It's really beautiful, but I I do understand if you're afraid of it.
0: Yes, I'm afraid of that book. I'm afraid of like dog books or cat books uh, because I know yeah. that usually they die in the I, end, I, and it just like devastates me. It, I, know. It, 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 it. I do. <laughs> I just I know. don't know.
1: I know. I just had to throw it out there for um for any readers and
0: who aren't afraid
1: yeah who aren't afraid and then um I'll say my favorite contemporary romance author of all time is Susan Elizabeth Phillips oh yes Um, I've stalked her I think she's brilliant I I love her the way she has emotion and humor and I think she's a master at her craft so she is um, so so talented she's an auto buy every time she she has a new one it's just pre-ordered and I put the first two days away when it comes in so that's always lovely
0: and I'm glad she's back. Like she wasn't writing as, as much in some years. And then she yeah. had like two books out in a row. Yeah. Um, so I was really, really glad to see her yes. kind of returning to, you know, a more frequent writing schedule. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> well, this has been like the delight of my week and I want oh. to thank you so incredibly much for taking time out of your pre-release schedule to come on and chat with me. It was just a marvelously fun conversation, both before and during the recording. So, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so nice to just relax and talk about the things that you love most, you know, with somebody who just appreciates it, loves it, supports yes. it. So, thank you so much for having me.
0: Can you let listeners know the best place
1: to find you online? Yes, definitely. I adore my website. My website is just chock full of different things like book trailers and um, bonus content. So check that out at com. And then for social media, I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I will say I have an account on TikTok, but I'm a follower. not. Um, I don't have any content on there yet. So <laughs> you never know. You never know what will happen in the future. <laughs>
0: We have been discussing, or at least we started out discussing, we did not discuss it much, but a little bit, The Secret Love Letters of Olivia Moretti, which is scheduled to release in the U.S. on February 22nd. All right. So we are going to talk about new books now, and we start with a book that that I mentioned back on our April Picks episode, most anticipated releases of April. Um, this is the only one of the April Picks that was mentioned, um, or you know, that's out today. But um, we have The Unknown Beloved by Amy Harmon. This is a historical mystery set during the Great Depression. I'm so excited for it. I pre ordered it. It should be appearing in my library very, very soon. So if you love Amy Harmon, definitely pay attention to this one. Moving on to some books that we haven't mentioned before. We are starting off with Silent Little Angels. This is Detective Katie Scott, number seven by Jennifer Chase. This is a police procedural novel. Melissa really enjoys this series. Um, I think she's talked about the first book on the podcast a couple of times before. Um, This is one that's been on my TBR for a while as well, so I definitely need to read this. It is Silent Little Angels, Detective Katie Scott, book seven, by Jennifer Chase. We also have Blood Sugar. This is by Sasha Rothschild. It is this very twisty book. It's gotten a ton of positive reviews um, about this woman who is accused of her husband's murder. And what no one realizes is that she's killed before. There's like a string of dead bodies in her past. And so now there's a police detective who's you know trying to figure her out. Um, and it looks like a really excellent kind of cat and mouse game. It's Blood Sugar by Sasha Rothschild. We then have a historical mystery. It's A Perilous Perspective. And it is Lady Darby, number ten, by Anna Lee Huber. If you like books um, like the Veronica Speedwell series by Diana Rayborn or um, the Lady Emily series by Tasha Alexander, then Anna Lee Huber might be an author that you should check out. They are um, Victorian-set mysteries featuring like a female sleuth. Um, with romantic elements, you know, kind of thrown in, so you see a romance evolve over the course of the series. So this one is a perilous perspective, and it's Lady Darby, book ten, by Annalee Huber. How about words we cannot say? I Cida Romero. This is a novel of motherhood, of loyalty. Um, basically what it means to be a woman. It's told through diverse voices, which makes me happy. Um, I think one of the women is like a labor and delivery nurse. Um, There's a woman who's going through some fertility struggles. It looks very, very good. Unfortunately, the audio doesn't come out until May 10th. So if you wanted an audio, you'll have to hang out a little bit and wait for it. But this is one that I plan to check out pretty soon. It is Words We Cannot Say. By Cita Romero. We also have Hope and Glory. This is by Jendela Benson. Um, she is a British Nigerian author, and this is the a story of a family who is in a state of chaos after the patriarch dies. And so this woman, you know, returns home after a long time away, and she's kind of surprised by. The way her family is like falling apart. So, this is Hope and Glory, and it's by Jandela Benson. We also have The Road to Me. This is by Laura Drake, um, and it looks like it'll be a lot of fun, but probably a little sad too. It's about this woman who is a struggling perfumer. And she travels to Arizona because her grandmother has been has been accused of committing a crime. And so she comes there to kind of take responsibility for her grandmother, gets the bottom of what's going on. Um, As someone who has grown up very, very close to my grandmother, um, this just looks amazing. It is The Road to Me, and it's by Laura Drake. We also have some romance. Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez is out today. Um, Natalia has talked about her on the podcast before. This is a standalone romance, and I have seen some pretty positive things about it in the weeks leading up to its publication. Um, I think it kind of falls into the rom-com category, so if you enjoy that, you might want to check it out. It is Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. We also have, out on April 21st, the new Lucy Score novel, and this is very, very good if you are a fan of hers. Um, Kristen, Sarah, Stacy, and I all really enjoy her. This is Riley Thorne and and the Blast from the Past. This is the third book in her Riley Thorne series. Um, I have not read this series yet, but I know that Stacey has and has really enjoyed the first couple books. So, this is one that I want to check out. Um, it is not a simultaneous release with print, ebook, and audio. Print and ebook are out on Thursday. The audio should follow suit. And it is Riley Thorne and The Blast from the Past, Riley Thorne, Book 3, by Lucy Score. We also have Crying Wolf. Good Girls Romance, book five by Kerrigan Byrne. And these are a little bit lighter than her Victorian Rebel series, um, which is the, the series with like Highwayman, and Hunter and the Highlander. Um, so these are shorter, kind of lighter historicals. But I really like Byrne's writing. And so I'm always happy to see a new book from her. This is Crying Wolf. Good Girl's Romance, Book Five by Kerrigan Byrne. We also have Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. Um, This is a rom-com with magic, kind of like um, Payback's a Witch by Lana Harper or The Ex-Hex by Erin Sterling. Um, But this is about a woman who applies for a job. She thinks that she's going to work in like this, like, kind of card game, like magical spellcraft. It's, it's a game. What she doesn't realize is that she's actually applied to be a witch's familiar. This is Go Hex Yourself, and it's by Jessica Clare. And I'm going to end today with a handful of young adult books. We have Fevered Star, Between Earth and Sky book two by Rebecca Roanhorse and Brooke is a Rebecca Roanhorse fan. Um, I think she's read the first book in this series as well as um, some other stuff that Roanhorse has done. I am looking forward to her adult like urban fantasy when I get it from the library. Um, It deals a lot with like native American tradition. So I'm pretty excited about it. But this one is Fevered Star. Between Earth and Sky, book two by Rebecca Roanhorse. We also have the Genesis Wars. This is Infinity Courts, book two by Akimi Don Bowman. Mika talked about the first book when it was coming out and it is about an afterlife where an artificial intelligence, like think Alexa, is trying to take over the world and eradicate humans. Um, In this world, the AI is called Ophelia. So this is the follow-up to that first book. It's The Genesis Wars, Infinity Courts, book two, by Akimi Don Bowman. We also have Sophie and the Bone Song by Adrian Tooley. This is a standalone YA fantasy um, that features a musician and this really cool-looking like intersection between magic and music, and I'm always very interested in fantasy novels that like incorporate music and give it sort of ethereal powers. So this is one that I'll be checking out. It is Sophie and the Bone Song, and it's by Adrian Tooley. We also have Debating Mr. Darcy. This is by Santani Desgupta. It is a Pride and Prejudice retelling that takes place um, centered around a high school debate team, so obviously Darcy is our hero, and I'm not always the biggest fan of and Prejudice, like Jane Austen in general, but I do enjoy a good Pride and Prejudice retelling. So this is one that I will be keeping an eye out for. It is Debating Mr. Darcy, and it is by Sayantani Dasgupta. We also have Queen of the Tiles. This is by Hannah Alkaff, and it is a young adult thriller that takes place at a Scrabble tournament. Um, I don't know a lot about competitive Scrabble, but Stacy's husband is a big fan of it, and so this book really made me think of him. Um, so if you like Scrabble, if you like young adult thrillers, looking for something a little different, definitely check this out. It is Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Elcalf. And last up, we have My Sister's Big Fat Indian Wedding by Sajni Patel. Um, Sajni Patel is very well known for writing rom-coms, um, both for adults and in the YA arena. Um, she has, I think, been mentioned in a couple of our most anticipated episodes. Um, she wrote First Love Take Two, Um, The Trouble with Hating You. But she's also done some young adult novels, um, one I think called The Knockout. But this one is her latest YA. And of course, as you can tell from the title, it centers around a wedding. And I really like wedding stories. I don't think I like them quite as much as Natalia. But there's just something like so hopeful and happy about Like nuptials, so this is one that I'll be reading. It is my sister's big fat Indian wedding, and it's by Sajni Patel. And those are the new releases for this week. As always, I hope that I've managed to pique your interest and you're finding lots of great things to read. If you haven't found them this week, maybe you have found them previous weeks. Either way, I hope your bookshelf is brimming with great books.